Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Eagle Brook Church Leadership Podcast. My name is Don Grafham, and today I get to play the role of host because I'm going to be flipping the microphone on my co-host, John Alexander. John, how you doing? <laughs> Good, and you did a great job with that. Yeah, We're going to yeah. be talking about feedback and making things better. <laughs> Way to go. We'll talk about it. We'll debrief after the fact. I'm sure. I'm doing great. This is baseball season. It's summer in Minnesota. It feels just glorious out. It's been a little hot. Yes. I mean, yes. like Toasty. extra hot. I know. My lawn is crispy. I'm trying to keep it fresh. That's kind of the challenge lately. It's just how to keep the grass green, really. I agree. <laughs> yeah. And you can only water every other day. Yeah. If you, you really can. live by yeah. that. Yeah. And do you really need a green? Lawn. I mean, really, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. No, but it doesn't. That's what I've been thinking about this summer. <laughs> we are in summer mode in Minnesota, and uh, so I'm feeling good. I've got a little burn, and yeah, feeling good about life. Thanks for asking. No, it's good. Well, I am looking forward to this because I'm bringing the questions, and you're bringing all the answers. So let's dive in. Uh, we're going to be talking about one of our five staff commitments. If you missed uh, the overall discussion on our five staff commitments, that was the second episode of our leadership podcast. So just as a refresher, John, let's go through these. The five staff commitments are lead boldly, love each other, live wisely, own the mission, and the one we're going to be talking about today is make it better. So tell us, why is this commit why why does this commitment matter so much? Well, I just love talking about this one because really this is a significant part of our DNA at this church. Not something that you and I can take credit for creating by any means. It's just been a part of who we are for for uh, several decades, but we're committed to making Eagle Brook better, both ministry and people. And we're going to talk about both because when we talk about making things better, we do mean the ministry, we mean church, we mean the things that we create, but we also do mean people. And it's our expectation that leaders will develop themselves and develop others mm -hmm. so we can keep expanding our reach. So this is a, a commitment we want people to make for themselves and for themselves towards other people. We believe in continuous improvement in order to produce experiences and environments that honor God and help us reach more people for Christ. And we understand, and we just believe that people won't invite to a church that settles for, oh, that's okay, yeah, whatever. I mean, we kind of put a little effort into it, but that's uh, at the end of the day. No, people won't invite to a church that just settles for average. So we at Eagle Brook at least strive for excellence, authenticity, and engagement. Paul writes in Colossians 3, verse 23, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. And that's absolutely critical that our motivation is to ultimately please God. Because mm -hmm. if our motivation is to please uh, each other, is to do this work for just a paycheck or other intrinsic motivation um, that isn't connected to our creator, this... Um, commitment is going to wane, mm -hmm. certainly. So really, we believe no matter what task you're pursuing, we are asking people when they join our staff, when they're a volunteer, when they're a part of our culture to make whatever they are doing better. And really, there's no task that's too small to make better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point to dive in because we're going deep into the weeds, almost literally on this one, of the importance of those small details, as you were talking about. I mean, these are these are things that people can just kind of forget about, allow to be average or overlooked. And this is a good legacy story, I think, in the history of Eagle Brook Church. And by the way, I think every culture develops legacy stories that Absolutely. you kind of retell. And this one 
you know, goes back a little bit, but Bob Merritt, uh, we, we often refer to him as the lint picking leader, you know, lint picking leadership, because one of my first days on the job, I showed up on a Sunday morning, seven o'clock and what do we do now? And Bob says, well, we walk up and down every row and we're looking for lint. I mean, we're looking for every coffee cup or any kind of uh, glove, mitten that was left behind, anything, you know, coffee creamers. And, and by the way, we found all of those kind of things. So we walked up and down every row and then we'd compare what we would pick up in our hand at the, at the back of the auditorium after we had gone through and just share these disgusting things that we had found. But there's something about Bob's leadership of being a lint-picking leader that is still in our culture today, which is to look down at the very detail. And so we're looking at these on side screens, on typos, in the room. Uh, and so maybe talk a little bit about this. Why is this important to you? Yeah, it's crazy that uh, Bob Merritt, by the way, is our senior pastor of 29 years and Good he just retired That's a year good. and a half ago or two years ago in, two, in 2020, March 1st, 2020. But I mean, this was a fast growing church at the time and he's the senior pastor going up and down the aisle picking up Lint. Yes, right. I mean, just crazy how that sticks. That's a story, uh, legacy story that we've passed along um, ever since that time, maybe 20 years ago, 17, 20 years ago. Yeah. But a few others, when I started on staff almost 11 years ago, the executive pastor at the time told me, don't ever walk by a piece of trash without picking it up. Mm -hmm. I thought, why does that matter? But we have such a commitment to making our grounds, our spaces look good because we expect people to show up for the very first time. Don't walk walk by that piece of trash and expect someone else to pick it up. No, you're the person who picks up that little piece of lint because it's on you to make things better. Another one, this seems so small, but there's a point we're making here. When you go into a bathroom in any one of our locations or at the offices and you see suds on the counter, there's water on the counter, don't look at it and think, well, someone will come in and clean that up eventually. No, we tell people, every new employee who starts, take out a paper towel, wipe down the bathroom uh, counters because those little details matter. And here's a final one. Again, we probably save one-tenth of a cent when we do this. <laughs> but when you leave a room, when you leave a bathroom, mm -hmm. when you leave an office and you're not gonna be returning to it and there's no one else in there, turn off the lights. Just save that little amount of money to be good stewards of the money that people generously give to our church. Now, unless you're Ray Zafke on staff, he turns off the lights on people in the bathroom while they're using That's the true. bathroom. But, on on but purpose. Everyone, yes. everyone else, make sure they're out of there. And uh, one of these uh, football coaches that um, from a long time ago, it's probably 20 25 years ago, he coached a small college in Tacoma, Washington, but he was one of those coaches that was there for 50, 60 years at Pacific Lutheran University. And he used to tell his team all the time, whenever they would visit locker rooms or travel on buses, he would always challenge them to leave it better than they found it. Mm -hmm. And that's really why these small tasks matter. We want to make it better. We want to leave things better than we found it because again, we're so committed to every area of our ministry, every area of our church to becoming that much better so that mm -hmm. we can reach those people for Christ. Yeah, there's the the kicker right that right there at the end is so that we can reach people for Christ. Because some people could say, isn't that a little nitpicky? I mean, even micromanaging or obsessive. And in some ways it can yeah, be. It kind of is. <laughs> but you know, when you're singing a worship song and there's a typo, I mean, 
It's hard not to pay attention to the typo. Or if the words aren't coming up at the right time, like you can't help but pay attention to that. Or if somebody left their water bottles all on the front of the stage, or if the temperature isn't right, or, you know, if the bathroom is a mess, you just kind of pay attention to that stuff. And we want people's focus to be on the right thing. And so it is in the pursuit of making things better so that, just like you said, so that the mission can be accomplished. Yeah, we have the greatest mission on the planet. So we want to be hyper-focused on creating experiences that don't get in the way of that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, these are some of the smaller (laughs) ways that we're trying to make things better. What about some of the bigger ways? Well, I mean, to start, one of the reasons we even share some of the smaller ways is so that we can get to the some of these bigger things that we do to make things better. A um, couple of examples that I think about. Every single week, whoever is giving the message, the first thing they'll do, in fact, I did it this morning for our senior pastor, Jason Strand, will send each other the message a week before actually giving the message. It's fully typed up, fully thought through, um, fully um, just... Um, laid out so that we can go over it. And then he writes in that email, hey, give me all the feedback you can because he wants to make sure it's dialed in before he shows up on the weekend ready to give that message. And I pour through every single word, every scripture, every point to make sure that it's hitting the mark. Now, Jason is a better speaker than I am. He's a better teacher, but he's submitting his message to me because it really doesn't matter if you're the one who's more of an expert or not. Mm-hmm. You're simply asking people. Now they have to have some ability, some skill in these areas, but every single week he's asking for that feedback and I'm asking him for that feedback or, who, or who's ever speaking is asking for that. After we're done on Saturday at four o'clock after giving the message, we'll sit in the back room after um, greeting people and talking to them, praying for them. We'll go back after the service is over and we'll talk about the message and how it actually went while giving it to a room full of people. Mm -hmm. And there'll be uh, significant tweaks that we'll make between we have services on Saturday and then we show up Sunday morning, significant um, edits and changes because, oh, maybe that point didn't kite Uh, quite come across clearly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe that joke didn't land super well. Hey, what if you replace this scripture with that? Mm -hmm. And we submit ourselves to that kind of feedback because we want to make things better. Another way I was thinking of um, when it comes to our weekend services, uh, most of our uh, locations who have services on Saturday and Sunday, they'll show up Saturday about 1.30. They'll start plugging in, turning on the sound, making sure um, that they're ready to play. And then at 1.45, now this is two hours before our first service at four o'clock, they'll do a full run-through, top to bottom with lyrics, all three or four songs, the campus pastor who's ever giving the announcements will give their full spot. And then after that first one's over, there'll be a team of people, maybe 10, 15, um, sometimes 20 people who will stand around and talk about every single note, every Mm -hmm. single experience, every transition, Mm -hmm. every word that's spoken. Because again, not to be critical of one another, we're gonna Mm -hmm. talk about how to give this kind of feedback, Mm -hmm. but it's also that we can make things that much better. So when people actually come into our buildings, come into our locations, that we are ready to give them the very best experience possible. And really, this is happening in all areas of ministry at our church. I just shared about teaching and worship. Um, We are just truly, what we tell people, a high feedback culture. Mm -hmm. Now, let me ask a question as a skeptic. If I'm listening, especially maybe as someone outside of Eagle Brook culture, where is the room for the Spirit? Yeah, I mean, I'm getting up there. Maybe I have my talking points. This could even be for an announcement giver, but someone giving the message, I got it 
pretty well dialed in. I need to leave room for the spirit. Yeah. What do you say to that person? You just talk through everything scripted, well yes. thought out. Isn't that kind of hampering the spirit a yeah. little bit? It can. Yeah. But the spirit shows up in the preparation too. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm writing the message, when I'm preparing, when I'm um, going over my notes, when I'm practicing, the spirit is there in the preparation with me. I'm inviting the right. spirit into that. Yeah. Absolutely. And our worship leaders are doing the same when they show up. I mean, sometimes people put this false dichotomy out of like, you either need to be really prepared or allow the spirit to move. Right. <laughs> the spirit can show up and does show up mm-hmm. in the preparation. Mm-hmm. And again, there is a too high control of, of times when we are just too hyper-focused on the details that we sometimes become too uh, robotic, mm-hmm. too static. So we do want to allow for some of those dynamic experiences, but we just tell people often that the spirit shows up in the preparation. I mean, what would you say to your own skeptical question? Yeah, I do think you're right. There is a balance of it, but what I've, this is my own communication, is if I'm not pretty well prepared, I'm going to wander. I'm going to drift where I can just be more succinct. I can even search ahead sometimes for the right word or a phrase just to take something a little further in a little more efficient way. And so if I were to just get up there and even wing a CP spot, as we call it, a campus pastor spot announcements, uh, it would take me five, seven minutes. If I really work at it, I can get it down to three. So it, it, it just helps me be more efficient getting ahead of it. And I can be maybe more effective and efficient. So yeah, it, is, it is worth the time. But I would agree the spirit meets you in the prep just as much as the delivery. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. What are some other ways we solicit feedback in our culture? Yes. Well, and this is newer for us, but I think it's maybe a year now that we've started piloting this, this um, tool called 15.5, which is really supposed to take them 15 minutes to fill it out. It's supposed to take us five minutes to read it. And it is a pretty cool app that they can use on their phone or on their computer. And we just ask them four questions where they give a quick uh, recap of what happened on the weekend. And then those things scroll up to their supervisor. And then you and I get those. Tyler can read them as well. And then in a little, a short period of time, you and I can get a, an assessment of the pulse all the way across all of our locations. So it's been a super helpful tool. We're still kind of entering it. We don't have everybody taking it, but we have numerous pastors doing it at this point. Coming this fall, we'll have all pastors doing it. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> uh, but it's been a really helpful tool to get the pulse really quick so that we can give feedback, engage, and make things better. Yeah, absolutely. Anything you want to add on? No, 15-5? I just think it's it's been critical. The bigger we've gotten, the more people involved in the experiences that are being created. And so to hear from people... Yeah. And often we're asking, where did God show up? Where did the spirit move this weekend? What was your favorite moment? What's one thing we could do better um, in whatever environment they are a part of? Um, every Sunday night or Monday morning, you and I are pouring over those, those comments along with several others and um, wanting to hear how we can make things better week to week. I mean, we're in such a week to week mode at all times. It's hard to find any breathable moments to actually make tweaks and make things better, but we're so committed to this value Mm -hmm. that we really do spend a lot of time reading those comments, following up on those comments, and then actually making things better. Even this morning, someone said, you know, the communion experience, it's not really clear on how our attenders are supposed to go through it. Mm-hmm. And I, I told him, uh, the campus pastor was sharing that I'm putting on project status. I've already set a meeting. I've already got a brainstorm plan. I've already been chewing mm-hmm. on it because that feedback really matters. Now I could have brushed it aside. Oh, 
you yeah. know, Steve, what are you talking about? It's right. super clear. People are fine. They can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Well, not when you think through the lens of someone who's unchurched mm-hmm. and maybe doesn't know how to receive communion the way (laughs) that they're supposed to. And so we want to just be crystal clear again, and Mm -hmm. we'll just keep emphasizing that Mm -hmm. so that we can reach these people for Christ. And so um, 15.5 has been critical for us. It's been a helpful tool. And it doesn't have to be 15.5, by the way. Even just asking people to send a 15-minute report every Sunday afternoon or Monday morning will help get there. But look it up, 15.5. We don't get any kickback for it, but maybe if they're listening out there, we can get some kickback if you sign up. For that. <laughs> I like that. Throw that in there. All right, John, here's where we want to spend the rest of our time now is how can other leaders make a commitment to make people and things better? Yeah, I would say four ways um, to make this commitment. And no matter who you are, by the way, I think this applies uh, for churches, for leaders, um, for businesses, organizations too. But here's four ways you can make this commitment to make people and things better. The first is ask the question every opportunity you get What's one thing I could do better? What's one thing I can do better? When you ask this question, you are displaying uh, that you are committed to this value. You are displaying that you're humble enough to receive whatever it is they're going to share with you. You are inviting someone else, Mm -hmm. whether it's a a peer or a volunteer or someone who works for you or it's your boss, whoever it is, when you ask them, you're inviting them to speak into you or the things you've created, which by the way is very is a very vulnerable thing to do, but you are inviting them to make you better. And I promise you that will be received well every single time you ask it. I'll never forget, Don, just you know, a couple of years ago, we had a brand new worship leader on staff and he'd maybe been there two, three months, but he already was committed to this value so much so that, and he didn't know you super well, but when you showed up at one of the campuses where he was leading, he came right out to you. Mm-hmm. And again, you don't oversee the worship leaders, but you are involved in the, in the campus location experiences. He came right to you and asked you, hey, Don, tell me, what's one thing I could do better? Mm-hmm. And that's spoke to you. I yeah. mean, you came back and shared that and mm-hmm. man, you, you won't believe it. This brand new worship leader, it's such a vulnerable thing for them to do, came up and asked me what's one. And I, you know what? I actually did have something for him. There was something mm-hmm. in his welcome that was off-putting and you shared that with me and that just stuck out with me. And that person, by the way, has now developed a reputation mm-hmm. of someone who wants to get better. They weren't uh, they, they weren't in trouble or mm-hmm. they weren't accused of doing something wrong just because maybe they had made a mistake. No, in fact, it improved his reputation yeah. because he asked you, what's one thing I could do better? Yeah, I mean, I, I think when I interview people to take a job here, we tell them about this commitment to make it better that you're going to get feedback here. And, so, and we're always like, are you sure you know what well, that that's means? Exactly <laughs> right. that's, and that's, the, that's exactly my point. Because they always say, oh, that's great. I'm looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah. I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, you don't know. You don't know what you're <laughs> because saying. Because you think you've experienced it somewhere else, but you are going to get pretty honest feedback here, which is one of the ways that I think we continue to make things better and are able to reach people is because we have just, it's in the culture. And I just, I, you're right. I mean, that's a great first way to make things better is learn that question. What's one thing I could do better? And then ask it. If you just start asking that question on a regular basis, you'll you'll start making things better within yourself and the culture will start getting better too. Yeah, absolutely. All right, what's the second way? Well, the second way, and I've mentioned this already, but it's to be humble. Um, Paul again writes in Philippians chapter two, verse three, in humility, value others 
above yourselves. And I've mentioned this word a couple times, the word vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that we do in ministry, the things you do as leaders, when you make decisions, when you speak up front, when you lead worship, it's incre- when you create something, when you design something, it's very vulnerable to ask someone for their feedback because you've poured your heart and soul into this, but humility is critical to making things better. It takes a lot of humility to even want to get better because <laughs> some people, maybe a significant amount of people, think that, that maybe they've already arrived or that they do things good enough. So it takes a lot of humility to want to get better. It takes even more humility to ask for help, mm-hmm. but then <laughs> it takes even more to listen to that feedback, mm-hmm. absorb and implement and actually do the feedback that someone has given to you. So just never be too proud Mm -hmm. to learn from everyone and anyone. Uh, Again, another legacy story that that I've shared, and by the way, our current senior pastor, Jason Strand, models so many of these characteristics as well. But another legacy story, as Bob was nearing retirement, he's probably four weeks away from retirement. Four weeks, Mm -hmm. riding off into the sunset, Mm -hmm. never giving a message again, never... (laughs) I mean, he was, he was about to be done. He was walking around with a book he was reading on leadership. I can't remember the book it was currently. And he was going around and showing people, look what I've you know, highlighted here. I mean, is, this mm-hmm. is gold. You need yep. to remember this. You need to learn this. But he was reading for himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, four weeks to go before retirement, and he was yep. still trying to get better and probably learning from someone who wasn't as good as what he could actually do. Mm-hmm. Another thing we tell people that shows humility is take notes. Yeah. Everywhere you go, um, we realize that the world isn't as analog as it used to be. It's much more digital. Mm-hmm. So that, that could be on your phone. It could be on computer. But when you're sitting in a meeting or learning from someone, um, be engaged enough to take notes mm-hmm. and then carry those notes somewhere. Because again, it just shows a, a spirit of humility that you're willing to learn from anyone and mm-hmm. everyone. Such a key part of our culture here is to be humble. And you're right. I think Bob set the pace for that. Many years ago, and this will date us a little bit, but Jason Strand's message this last weekend nailed humility. I mean, when he talked about the feedback that he got, you know, about from the church survey about being selfish, lacking compassion, lacking credibility. I mean, first, most people wouldn't read that in public. Others would kind of defend or scoff it off, you know, blow it off in some way. But for him, and then to say like, that person's right. And I'm so sorry if that's ever come through me or my message. I mean, that moment in that, that message was just so strong. And that's, I mean, that's the culture of Eagle Brook. And that's the culture of making things better is having that kind of humility. And when, when he role models that, then I'm like, oh man, I got to look into my life too. How can I better display humility in what I do? So mm-hmm. great point. Humility, critical. Let's go on to the third one. Yeah, third is don't settle. And uh, again, I, I think too many of us, um, the older we get, and I'm getting older, I'm not super old yet. Oh yeah. But You're I'm getting, getting older. older. Yeah. I just can sense in my own spirit a internal battle of how much more am I really going to learn or grow? Or am I just, is, is this just who I am? Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, I am someone who 
um, based on the way I was raised and the model that was shown to me, I, I'm someone who it, it it comes naturally to want to get better. In fact, so much so I feel like I'm never good enough. That that's for maybe another another conversation. Mm-hmm. But but even so, the the older I get, the more tired you become. The more you're like, how many more books do I have to read? <laughs> how much more you know do I have to learn? How much more do I have to grow? And it's not because I don't I don't uh, think I have more to learn. It's just you know it's a it's a um, internal battle of wanting to even get better, mm-hmm. having the energy to get better. And so what we tell people is, is again, don't settle. Don't settle for good enough. You can always get better. You can always continue to grow. And by the way, we've talked a lot about me, 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 the things we can do for ourselves. But I told you at the beginning, this, this staff commitment is also about me making Don better, the people that I oversee, the people that I work with, making them better. And so this is also don't settle um, because you can always help someone else. You can always pour into someone else. You can always do something to make someone or something better. So just don't settle. Yeah, I, w- I was re- recently reading about a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. And I think our tendency is always to move toward the, I kind of, it is what it is. It's good enough. And I don't even know that we'd ever articulate that because that would be, we'd feel too guilty to say it. But deep inside, it's like, let's take the road that we've traveled before, where it's going to be harder to ask for feedback, to try to improve things, change it for the future. Uh, but yeah, that is, we are prone to, prone to settle. Yeah. And one of the reasons we do settle, and maybe you can speak to this too, Don, but for a couple of veterans like us who've been around, um, for over a decade, you much longer because you're much older, yeah. forever. <laughs> uh, it's easy to settle into, well, this is just the way we've always done things. Because mm-hmm. probably somewhere along the way, you and I had a hand in shaping how that's done. Mm-hmm. And so when some young buck comes in and says, I actually have some ideas on how to make things better. Mm-hmm. It's also hard. Again, here's that humility that comes up. It's also hard to swallow your pride mm-hmm. And listen to someone with fresh eyes, fresh perspective, mm-hmm. and actually, you know what? They're right. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. really hard to do because well, it's worked this way for ten years. Why would we need to improve it? Right. But again, that comes down to that fixed and growth mindset. We can't ever settle for this is just the way we've done it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and I are as tempted to, to settle into that as anyone, and we've been yeah. kind of groomed in this system here of making things better. But even even myself, I feel a sense like at times of that internal battle of, I mean, but we fought so hard to make it this way. Why do we have to make it a little bit better over there? That's right. You, you get what I'm saying. It's it's really tough. That's, uh, that's why I can't help it. You know, the example of openers, you know, and when Bon Jovi shows up. The, <laughs> we just had to get that in. Bon I had Jovi, to get it in what, there somewhere. Bon Jovi wasn't at our church. We played a song by Bon Jovi, oh, just to good, be clear. Yeah. Point, but, you know, that's the way it always was. So when you <laughs> decide to move that forward, there's a part of me that, yeah. and we've even talked about this, like, man, it's hard to change because... Uh, we put that so in well. place for a certain for a certain reason, but let's talk about Bon Jovi another day. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on to your final way to make things or people better. Yeah, you've you've got to own this one. You've got to own your own development. Of course, I think um, organizations can be committed to this. We want people to get better. We want things to get better. We say this often: when leaders get better, the church gets better. But at the end of the day. Um, this commitment is on me. Mm. It, it, it's on you. Um, I don't know of many organizations, many leaders, many bosses that won't move 
any resource they can around to help you get better if you ask for it. Mm -hmm. Now, it's hard to find enough time to think how to make all of these people better who work on our staff or our volunteers. Of course, we are thinking about that. We do have things we're encouraging people to do. But at the end of the day, it's on each individual to own their own development. So I just say to people all the time, ask your supervisors for help. Um, for books, books, books cost $10, $15, dollars I mean, there's Audible, there's things you can, there's resources that are, so many resources that are free. I mean, I, you will never get in trouble for asking, mm-hmm. at least in our culture. Right. And I hope you're part of a culture that would say the same thing. It's really on you to get better. And so, um, again, how can you own your own development so that you get better? Because again, when you get better, the organization, the church you're part of gets better. Yeah, one of my fears is when a young Jedi comes in and they you ask them what you they need from the supervisor and they're like, I just want someone who's going to pour into me. And if I start working too much, they're going to recognize me, recognize that and send me home and develop me. And while all those things are good, and I hope that when I supervise somebody, I'll pour into them, I'll recognize when they're maxing out and send them home. Like I, I want to be that supervisor, but but if you put the burden on me for your development, I'm probably going to fail you. And I think if we all turn that inside and say, how can I help develop myself? How can I be reading, listening, uh, doing whatever necessary to make myself better? Then I think the whole organization gets better. Yeah. What are some things you do to get better every day? Oh, well, you know, I do. I mean, this sounds so basic, but starting every morning and quiet, connecting with God. I'll often read or listen to a chapter of another book while I'm doing that. It's the routine to drive to work in silence every day. I've been doing that for over a decade, if not two decades. Total silence. Total In your electric car. Silence. You just, in my, and it's silent, <laughs> by the way. That's why I have an electric car is because it's silent and I'm much more spiritual that yeah. way. Uh, but those routines and then trying to read, I'm a podcast, uh, junkie too. I love listening to podcasts and, um, you know, sitting by people like you, honestly, the people that I sit with and my small group that I meet with regularly are just constantly giving wisdom. I have two other mentors that I've connected with over the past few months that have been super helpful and pulling some insights into my life. So how about you? Anything to add to that? Yeah, not, not, I mean, I do all those things too, most of those things. Um, I also reach out to other churches, mm-hmm. um, other people in similar positions to mine. Um, I just love learning what they're doing, what's working, what isn't working. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm watching other churches often. Mm-hmm. And so really learning from them and how we can improve and make things better Um because we're all in this together. And so we beg, borrow, and steal, you know, ideas. Um, we'll always give people credit, of course. So just really learning other people smarter than me, more advanced than me, um, better experts than me. I'm trying to learn from them. But yeah, of course, mm-hmm. the quiet time with God. I'm an avid reader, mm-hmm. avid podcast listener. Mm-hmm. I've debated going back to school. You have two, I think, graduate degrees. I've got one. But I mean, I just always, I, I'm always kind of thinking about ways to, to get better and, um, because it's, again, such a value of ours at this church. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a critical part. So say a little bit more about how you've kind of felt developed over your time here. I would just say to kind of wrap things up here, um, 
this is a staff commitment that's really important to me. And one of the things that that hit my wife, Emily, and I, we're both on staff here and we've been on staff for almost 11 years. But when we approached our 10-year anniversary, we had spent, uh, set aside some time just to reflect and talk about where God had brought us. And when we showed up um, again 11 years ago, uh, Don, you hired us. We, I think you were our first boss <laughs> 11 years ago. Best day of my career. Yes, exactly. Right and we were 25, 26. And of course, we had everything figured out. We had all the great ideas. We had all the energy, all the, you know, of course, we were super grateful to be working at Eagle Brook. But, but looking back, it just seems like we had everything figured out. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> turns out we didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't have everything figured out. We Go had a figure. lot to learn. We had a lot of imperfections. We had a lot of blind spots. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of things that, that God needed to work through us and in us. And uh, as we spent time just reflecting on how far we've come, we were just so grateful to have been a part of a church and a group of people a community of people, an organization that has refined us, it's shaped us, it's developed us. It's been challenging. It's not easy to get 360 feedback. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to have tough conversations with peers. We, I mean, we've had plenty of meetings that have ended in tears and have been really difficult to absorb the criticism, mm-hmm. the feedback. Mm-hmm. But through it all, because of those things, we have become better people better Christ followers, better um, spouses for one another. Now we have kids, so better parents. And so again, it's just been difficult work. It's been challenging work, but man, we've been so grateful that we have been a part of an organization that's been committed to this value because we'd still be stuck as those 26-year-olds who've got it all figured out, all the Mm -hmm. answers, and really turns out um, we didn't know much, much at all. And so, yeah, we've just been really grateful to have been a part of a a -hmm. staff commitment like this one. Yeah, I agree. I felt that for myself personally too, just so grateful to be developed in a culture like this. And it's just been, it has been a joy, honestly, watching you and Emily grow into the leaders that you are. And uh, I've told you this before, I just look up to you as a leader too, really respect who you have become and so grateful we get to do this together. Yeah, thanks Don, appreciate it. Okay, any final words or should I put the bow on the package That's here? it. I mean, you started this thing. You're going to end this okay, thing. Okay, here time. it is. Let's episode see how we 20. Do. Yep, yep. <laughs> all right. That's all we got for this episode of the Eagle Brook Church Leadership Podcast. Will you do us a favor? John, you should do this too. <laughs> Subscribe, leave a review. We'd love to know your thoughts. When leaders get better, the church gets better. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you for the next episode of the Eagle Brook Church Leadership Podcast. Mm-hmm.